Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us once again here on another fantastic episode of Lost Unlocked. I'm Brian. And I'm Elliot. I'm Chris. Welcome to this <laughs> week's podcast. Um, hey. I am the Eggman. <laughs> I, I'm not going to go for the walrus thing. Goo-goo-goo-goo. Uh, <laughs> go. Hey, big spoiler alert. Big spoiler alert. Warning. Warning. Yes, yes. Warning. Danger. Warning. We never spoil anything for every anyone. That's <laughs> We never spoil anything for everyone. I guess that's also a true statement that, that if you really think true. about it. But. We only spoil for a select few. We're known <laughs> for being spoiler free. Yeah, almost uh, insanely spoiler free. Religiously so. Yes. <laughs> and um, this isn't really an exception. But, you know, ha- we are podcasting on... Lost the game. Okay, Brian, if you'll roll the dice, All right. it's your move. No, not the game. The video game. Oh, you may sound like uh, D&D. Via Domus. Via Domus. We are podcasting on that right now. It's like and the wheel. It, it's not like a TV show where once it's aired, it's aired. I mean, a game's out, it's out, but that doesn't mean everyone's played it. Yes, yes. So we don't want to spoil the game for those who have not yet played through the Lost Viadomus video game. That's right. We're going to plow through. We're going to talk about the story in detail and ruin any fun you could possibly have with this game. (laughs) No. So if you have not played it, thanks for listening. (laughs) Some people out there, they might not be gamers. We're kind of like the... That's, you know, this doesn't mean that people won't listen to the podcast if they've not played the That's game. That's right, we're the alternate delivery. But if you plan on playing the game, please tune out now. Thank you for joining us. We'll catch you next week. When in fact, we are, all our fan feedback, news, everything will be game-related. So if you haven't played the game and you turn us off in a, in a minute after we say we're ready, you won't miss anything. Yes. Uh, so any feedback that, that people gave that's not related to the game will be played next week. So you won't miss out. So that way we can dive right into this lost product. Any words for our listeners yet who are fixing to click stop? <laughs> uh, no, thank you for joining us. We'll catch you next week. On Lost and Unlocked. Ah, okay, wow. now. All right. Okay, <laughs> all right, guys. Now that everybody's gone. Yeah. What, what about that ending? Wow. Oh, ending? Oh, we can't talk about the ending yet? Well, uh, how about give contact info? Purgatory. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Okay, if you would like to contact the Lost Unlocked podcast with Chris and Brian, feel free to email us at lostunlocked at gmail.com. Or you can come by our blog and leave a comment. You can find us at lostunlocked.blogspot.com. Hey, and if, uh, you know, chatting is your thing, you know, a little text <laughs> chat, yeah. head over to the C-Box, lostunlocked.com. .cbox.ws And if you want to watch Chris and Brian, go to abc.com. No. <laughs> <laughs> one uh, day, one day. That would be weird, wouldn't it? That would be bizarre. Uh, you forgot a contact URL. If what? you want to see our face without the picture, go to Facebook. That <laughs> is right. We have a Facebook group. So if you know social networking, if that's in your bag, uh, join our Facebook group. And if you'd like to call, Duh. the number is 770-E-Y-E-L-A-N-D. 
tell us all about anything on Land of the Eyes. Okay. All right. Come on. Let's get on with the show. I'm so I'm okay. itching to talk about the game. I said our layout for this show is uh, nothing but lost via Domus. I don't really know how to say that. Is it Domus? Via Domus? Via Domus? Is it Damus? Damus? I think it might be Damus, actually. Damus. Some people say via, some say via. But anyway, we'll have a. We may have a 15 second segment coming up, and we'll unlock via Domus. And uh, usually followed by news and fan feedback. So, if we have no further delay, yep. I. Let's roll. I guess we're moving on to our next segment, whatever that is. That is right. You are in a rare treat today, listeners. This is the only lost video game in 15 seconds. Chris is going to sum sum up the plot of Viadomus in a mere 15 seconds. So that's not Is it possible? Can we do it? That's really not fair. You, you, You should do like... World of Warcraft uh, I, <laughs> in 15. Wow. I, I don't know what that would even consist of. Maybe you can do Halo. Halo in 15? Yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah. I like, not a lot of narrative there, though. See, I, I could do Pac-Man in 15. I, I could do Pac-Man in like two. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Eat dots. It's easy. <laughs> Bashful, Pokey, Clyde, Sue. Uh, okay. Well, let me... Let's gear the clock up. Let's see if I can express... This PC game, or Xbox game, game in 15 seconds. All right. Good luck, Chris. Lost via... We're all counting on you. Domus! Uh, the game's about a guy named Elliot. He doesn't know who he is. He's got amnesia. Finds out he's a photographer. He took a story from Lisa, and she was set up to be killed. And he found middle work with selling nerve agent gas to Savo, used for experiments. He woke up on the beach and found that it never really happened. <laughs> nice. Kinda? Was that... <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about the ending when we get there. <laughs> Everything up to the ending, I was... Wow, I was that was with. tough. I, I thought, wow, there's so many things going through my head. Which do I include? Sawyer's bad hit comment? Do I uh, mention... You mean Sawyer's, like, bad sound-alike that they hired? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's right. Well, know, hey, he might be listening to the podcast. Give him a break. What, the sound-alike? Yeah. Hey, sound-alike. <laughs> Um, Uh-oh. You know, I don't blame you. You did the best you could. I can't imitate Sawyer. But I'll tell you what you sounded like. An angry uh, Gomer Pyle. <laughs> angry Gomer Pyle? Yes. Uh, well, golly, Sarge. Kind of like that. But, you know, more anger. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I guess we'll get into to, uh, this Video game in our next segment, Fire Domus. Oh, you like it? Yeah, it's pretty good. A little bumper. That's not usually our unlock music. That was that was a teaser. Uh, Brian, if it'll put you in the mood. All, All right. right. Okay, that's the one. I'm ready to unlock. Uh, a video game now. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's so because, unnatural. Unlock a video game. Well, but unlocking this video game really fits our format well because the game is all about the story. That is true. It is definitely not about the gameplay. It's not about the puzzles. Oh, you know? no. Not the puzzles. And uh, should we give our review up front or I guess after it's said and done? I huh? guess we could um, give like general thoughts. 
Yeah. Like, you know, kind of like an episode. Like, oh, this is the best episode ever. That's a good idea. For those who don't want to listen to the full podcast, maybe we can give our thoughts up front, and then we'll quantify them as we go through the unlocking segment and, of the and, game. And then at the end, we could give, like, a final rating. Yeah! Okay. Um, so, initial, you know, first thoughts. What did you think about the game, Chris? Uh, well, uh, I played the game on the PC. Okay. Brian, you played the game on... The Xbox, Xbox 360, 360 console. So we got little different platforms, and overall, you know, same game. It is the same game. It's identical. Um, the game overall, uh, there were many elements I liked, and there were some I didn't like. Um, but to me, it's not like I liked them so much that I would just not buy the game. I mean, I'm easy to please. Okay. Yeah, it's even these games were like adventure type games where you have to pick out the pixel and click it. <laughs> oh, really? Pixel hunting? I, I, it's a little time, you know, constraining, and it may slow down the game. I don't necessarily like doing it, but it doesn't make me stop the game. There are those who hate it so much; they're like, "This is it. Game's out." Okay. But I, I would continue almost through any game. Oh, wow. So, I, I have some games to introdu- introduce you to after the show, <laughs> see if you can actually plow through and actually complete these uh, utter train wrecks. I may not even start them. Once the deal, once I start, I want to finish. So with, I, that, with I, that being said... I respect that. Uh, Lost was well, well worth starting and finishing. Um, it wasn't up to my standards of, of I guess, a game. It's kind of weird. I think this game fits in a new genre. It's kind of like interactive storytelling. Eh, kind of. Do you remember, I don't know if you do because you're too young, the, uh, the text adventures. Oh, wow. No, I do not remember <laughs> that. Before computers ever had, you know, graphics for the mainline customers, uh, you'd pull up the old DOS screen and load a diskette, and it'd be mostly text. Uh, some of those Infocom adventures, suspended, deadline, um Witness. Wow, it's like you're speaking Chinese to me right now, but go ahead. Uh, you would read the story on the screen. Yes. It would tell you where you're at, what you see, and it'd come up at a prompt, and you type in what to do. Okay, okay. I, I... Walk north. Pick up the bloody knife. <laughs> Kick okay. the mailbox. All right. Uh, and, and then it would come back with a response if it recognized what you typed. That really pulled me into the story. I didn't need the graphics. And, and the puzzles were built in to the story. But Lost, I think, is the natural evolution of that because it then showed me all the graphics of a story. I thought, wow, this is cool. But the puzzles didn't integrate well. Yeah, the puzzles didn't integrate well. And uh, like the text adventures you're talking about, they very much sound like kind of open-ended, like you're in a room, uh, you know, exits are northwest and left. Mm-hmm. Northwest and left. So it's different. Um <laughs> But uh, Viadamus is very much kind of on rails. There's like one way to go. Um, you know, you kind of like walk down this path and it takes you to this place and you do this thing. Well, that's true, but I think it's the true bit, secret of one of those games... It's a very guided experience. Well, they're all... All games are guided because... Well, yeah, some are kind they're of not, They don't have eternal limits where you can keep going. And you have to go a specific direction in any game. But I think the secret is that the programmer has to disguise that fact as much as possible so that you forget you're being guided. Okay. And this one, uh, I'd say my guidance factor was pretty much 50-50. 
I mean, some places I felt like I could explore, and I enjoyed the storyline so much I forgot I was guided. But other times I'm like, yeah, I have to do this. I have to do this. It was half and half for me. Okay. All right. You think? No, I, I agree with that. Um, you know, to me, um, Vidamus is uh, it's def- definitely an interesting beast if you look at it because usually licensed video games are kind of garbage because, uh, <laughs> like, the developers pay so much to get the name. It's like, yeah. oh, man, we're going to make uh, Spider-Man the game or uh, Iron Man. That's, you know, recent release. Like, Iron yeah. Man, the video game. and. They really can't spend so much, you know, time and you know effort into actually making a good core game. Right. But with this, I really feel like the uh, developers took the time and actually managed to kind of capture the spirit of Lost in a video game. Yeah. Uh, because I really like the episodic. Um, oh yeah. Way it's divided. There are like seven episodes. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I liked that, and I didn't like it. <laughs> I, I really liked it, and um, I don't know. Overall. I think it is terrific as a lost product, but a complete failure as a video game. Hmm. So yeah, I, I'm close with you on that. I mean, I don't, I don't regret buying it because I'm such an uber lost fan. Yeah, but I think for the content, like you say, the story, the content, what you get out of this, yeah, it's overpowers the weak. Yeah, puzzles. Uh, so definitely. you just have to make it through those puzzles to enjoy the. The story. Yeah, it's about being able to walk around these, you know, uh, locales from the show and interact with characters that you, you know, grown to love over the years. Yeah, that's tough challenge, though. I mean, I don't know if I could pull off something like this. Maybe I could, maybe I couldn't, but it's tough challenge. I could make a better Lost game. Oh! <laughs> I, already, I already have the idea. Really? It's a uh, Locks Island Batgammon tournament. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, you start out on the beach, and you play through. It's tournament style. You have to start. You have to beat Walt. What about uh, ping pong with Hurley? Table tennis. Um, <laughs> You'd say that? That could work. That could be a mini game. But you play... How about Operation with Jack? Uh, you know, why not? But backgammon, that's really the core of the game. You go to different places around the island, hmm. like play with uh, Mikhail in the Flame, or... You know, the final boss would be Jacob. Progress up the level as yeah. you win. final boss, you go to Jacob's cabin, hmm. and you know, play him at backgammon. But you'd have no storyline. It's just playing a game. Yeah, no, no story at all. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Okay, well, there's kind of our overall thoughts about the game. All right, so let's unlock it, I guess. So let's run through the uh, the episodic chapters here. As Brian said, the game is episodic in nature. And what that means is uh, the storyline opens up, and each episode or chapter is given a title name. And you play through certain parts of the game, and only until you reach a certain point, it's the end of that chapter. And you begin the next chapter, and you get the lost yeah. word on the screen like the TV show. And my my problem with that is you can only save in certain places. It's got like an auto-save feature. Yeah, so if you don't make it to a save point, but yet you've, you can't continue playing the game, tough toodles. <laughs> you have to come back and start over where you had made progress before. Yeah, a, a save anywhere feature would have been great. But I did like when I sat down and it said, previously on Lost, and I saw flashbacks of what I did. I thought, I like that. That was very cool. They, Like I said, they really captured the uh, experience of watching the show very well. So the seven chapters uh, we will go through in regular Lost Unlocked style. Well, this is why I think the game works well with our style. We kind of talk what happens. And that's good. The first chapter was entitled Force Majeure. 
And that's French, which means greater force. Oh. It's a common clause in contracts. So it's like a business term, which is uh, essentially frees both parties in the contract from liability when an event prevents one or both parties from fulfilling their obligations. Huh. So That's definitely interesting. So see, one of the guys was obligated to uh, probably kill our main character, but because of a photograph he took. But this, the greater force, freed the photographer from that death. So the catastrophic, catastrophic event, the plane crash. So that's the, the title of the first chapter. And it starts out, you board Oceanic 815, and uh, you see Kate being led into the plane while she is in custody. You talk to Cindy, the waitress. <laughs> The uh, flight attendant. Oh, the flight attendant. They prefer to be okay. called flight attendants, not stewardesses. <laughs> There's a magazine nearby which explains there is a man named Savo, and he's won an award for his contributions to brain pattern research. And he's currently on a speaking tour in Australia. Hmm. Which I guess is why you were there. Yes. Uh, then you see the plane crash sequence, which is really cool. Yes, they definitely spent a lot of time uh, getting that just right. Uh, I, I like that. It You see Jen and Son during that sequence, I think. Oh, really? And um, I don't think you see anyone else as far as Locke or Jack. You know, It shows you getting the oxygen mask and the back end breaks off. So it looks like you're sitting in the front section. You are not a Taylor. Yes. Sorry. You are a fusey. You don't get to talk to Echo in this game. <laughs> you do not. Or Libby, or Anna Lucia. Good dreams with Anna Lucia. Bernard. <laughs> what? What? Man. I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, after the plane crash, you wake up in the jungle, and you can't remember a thing. Which is great, because it puts you on par with your main character. Because we don't know a thing either. So that's a good element in the game. Uh, you see Kate standing in the jungle. And you have a flashback, and you remember that she was in handcuffs on the plane. And you follow Vincent to the crash site, where you see Claire, Michael, Jack. Pretty good crash site. Michael's in your face. What? <laughs> Didn't he? Yeah, what? yeah. He's yelling wall. I stood right in front of him and yelled in my face. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, Michael, I'm right here. You don't have to shout. Um <laughs> After looking around, you know, you, you speak to Claire, and after you take in the scene, uh, you speak to Jack, and he says the plane's leaking fuel, the leak's got to be stopped, so you run over to the plane where it was cut in half, and you're presented with the first <laughs> in, of, in a series of many. Of a couple different <laughs> types of puzzles that are strewn throughout the game. No, I disagree with that, Chris. Mini puzzles? There is one puzzle in the game, <laughs> over and over. No, there's two or three. <laughs> okay, this is the first one. And it's a puzzle with fuses. It's got uh, it's a board laid out with electrical pathways. And you have to put fuses in, which diminish the voltage in the pathway to a meter. And you have to make sure the meter hits a certain level with these fuses. And once you... Make sure each meter hits its recommended level. Uh, you've solved the puzzle over and over and over and over. And over. <laughs> it, was, it was a really cool puzzle one time. <laughs> yeah, one time would have been fine. Uh, but anyway, you restore the panel, which stops the leak. 
but the wing of the plane falls and causes an explosion and you lose consciousness. And you awake and Jack is explaining that you're suffering from amnesia. And in fact, we've got a clip of Jack. What do you think of Jack's voice? Okay, the Jack sound-alike, um, I, I think he was pretty good. One of the better sound-alikes in the game. I think he was a good sound-alike. And his, uh, the graphical... Uh, the character model. The character model was pretty good. I was going to say Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> His Avatar. Uh-huh. Yeah, they spent a uh, pretty good time on Jack's uh, Avatar, as you would call it. His I think he model. sounded pretty good, and he here's a clip from Jack. I don't see any signs of head injury. I'd say you're suffering from amnesia brought on by the crash. It's not bad. It's not actually Matthew Fox, but... Yeah, they didn't want to shell out the big bucks to get old <laughs> Natty Boy to come <laughs> drop some vocal tracks. But who, right. who boy? Maddie, Maddie boy? Foxy. That's what they call him. Oh. Foxy. Really? I don't think I'll call him that. You want to call him Foxy? <laughs> uh, he says you've got amnesia, uh, but you can search for items around the beach which will jog your memory. So you find a backpack, and guess who finds you? Luck! <laughs> a guy called Beady Eyes. He was the guy... Oh, come on. He, what? He's called Beady Eyes? <laughs> That's... Every reference I've seen is beady eyes. Did his mother name him beady eyes? <laughs> Probably not. But uh, beady eyes finds you, and he attacks you. He says, I'll get that photograph, and I'll kill you. And he flees. That's the end of the first chapter. All right. Very good. Cut to Lost. Yeah, cut to Lost. As is tradition with the show. And, you know, save point. You come back. Last time on Lost. Chapter 2. It's called A New Day. Why is it a new day, Brian? Uh, because he was unconscious, and now he awakens. Oh, it's and a new because day. of what Locke says, too. Oh, because he has a clean slate? Yeah, a new beginning. I, I chose to you know take it more literal than oh. that, but all right. <laughs> okay. Uh, we start out with a flashback. See, it sounds just like a show. It is. It's cool. Uh, you're in Thailand with a girl named Lisa. And you're taking photos for the travel section of the paper. She kind of belittles you for that job. Oh, you got demoted. (laughs) So evidently your job is much higher than the travel section photographer. But uh, while in Thailand, you see a newspaper, and this article describes how a nerve agent was stolen from the Hanso Foundation. So someone's ripping off Big Hanso, Big Al. Big Al does not like to be ripped off. <laughs> I don't blame him. <laughs> um, this nerve agent is being taken from some facility owned by Hanzo in Sri Lanka. Oh, that's great. That's a callback to the uh, lost experience. Yes, it is. You see Lisa's diary also, which details that she is following Savo. So I, I initially thought it was me and her in it together. You know? Yeah, that, that was kind of the impression they give you early on. Yeah, you know, oh, she's my coworker or my girlfriend or wife or someone. Yeah. And, you know, we're on this thing together to find Savo. Um, but then the flashback's over, and we see Jack and Kate and Charlie come running out of the jungle after visiting the cockpit, and Charlie falls on the beach. And, okay, I've got this written down. Do you see what he says, Brian? Okay, it says, he says, Monster? <laughs> M-O-N-N-S-T-U-H. Monsta. I, I won't disagree with that. And that's he, a call to Charlie's voice. Yes, the Charlie sounded like terrible. <laughs> Here is Charlie. 
Monster. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. Oh, I mean, <laughs> not bad. I mean, there are other parts he talks better. I don't know. There's this one part where he sings "You All Everybody." Oh, that's pretty bad. Which is just like the worst because, like, you come up, you, and you all have everybody? the. It's not even ha- that good. Yeah, you have you have the conversation tree, and like one of your options is "You All Everybody," and then he just <laughs> sings to you. <laughs> he says it three times, and none of them are even remotely. I'm not gonna say on key, you but all everybody. It's, it's how do we describe it? Each word is like completely on a different key. Each word, so it's like this: "You all everybody." Yeah, Didn't you think it's, so? It's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I don't know why they couldn't find a better voice actor to do Charlie. Hey, I, I, they could have paid you. You should have been a better Charlie than that. <laughs> no, I, I'd have been given a different uh, twist on the accent. You know, I always get the accents messed up. Pretty soon, I'd be talking Charlie, and it'd and like evolve a, into Echo. And like a, you'd give Charlie like a Russian mobster <laughs> kind of that accent. Yeah. But he says, "Monster, coming out of the jungle." And so, because of this, Jack doesn't want anyone going into the jungle. So, right there, Jack's playing the leader. Although he says he's not really the leader. Uh, But as you talk to those on the beach, Kate suggests that uh, the camera you're looking for may be in the cockpit. Now, you're looking for a camera. How do you know? Well, you don't know who you are, but BDI said he wanted a photo. So, you think there's a camera somewhere with a photo in it, and you want to find out what that photo is. Yes. So Kate's like, hey, go go look in the cockpit. But the cockpit's in the jungle where Charlie just came saying monster. So what's freaky here is you you suddenly see Lisa, the girl who you was in Thailand with, on the beach. And I'm thinking, well, well is, is this like Christian? You know, is, is this the black smoke? <laughs> or is this a hallucination? <laughs> I, I think hallucination. You think? Maybe. I don't know. It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell now, in retrospect. Yeah. Once you know the ending. Once I brought it up. <laughs> I know. Um, but a- anyway, she's on the beach, and she disappears after you try to talk to her, and you have your flashback. But um, Claire's there on the beach in her pregnant condition, and you walk over to Jack, and one of the options is to tell Jack that Claire fainted. So I chose that option. <laughs> <laughs> and Jack ran off to take care of Claire. So I took that as opportunity to run into the jungle to get my camera. So some of the wreckage is in the uh, jungle, and Locke is there, who's beaming about welcoming you into the black smoke land. And he says the banyan trees will offer shelter from the monster. So That's very important. Take note of that. Yeah, you need those banyan trees. Speaking of, before we go into that, uh, what do you think of Locke's? Terrible. <laughs> I think you know. Locke's voice over. We we gave we gave a lot of uh, grief to the Charlie voice actor in Sawyer, but Locke is by far the worst in my humble well, opinion. I, well, I guess he, he I, sounds, I could rate them. He sounds like a senior <laughs> citizen who. I don't think he was old. the worst. I think yeah, he. <sighs> Sawyer to me was the worst. Sawyer was really bad. But Locke, they found someone who had a little bit of a rasp to their voice, and they're older, so it. It, I just had to really imagine, and it was almost there. I don't know. You said older. It's like they pulled someone out of like the retirement home to no, voice this just, character. Well, Locke's not young. Oh, come on. So you can't get someone playing Charlie to do Locke. Yeah, it was a really versatile voice actor. <laughs> yeah, but anyway. All right, play Locke. Here's Locke. 
The French poet René Char once said, For those who are walled up, everything is a wall, even an open door. He could have been talking about you, son. Well, that wasn't the best eclipse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, wait, what? So, for, for those who are walled up, everything's a wall? Yeah. Even an open door. <laughs> wow, who who wrote that line of dialogue? Oh, so, wait, you're, you're not criticizing the voice. You're criticizing what he's saying. Both. Oh, both. Oh, take note, developers. Brian, this is on lock. Oh. Well, when Locke welcomes you to the jungle, you know, black smoke is there, and you're going to have to trek to the jungle. He gives you the pointer. Hey, see these banyan trees? They're good shelter from the monster, and you're off. So you run through the jungle, and what do you think of that gameplay element? That's not really a puzzle. You just know you have to find a banyan tree, which they're they're scattered throughout the forest Uh-oh. as you make your way around. You know, yeah, that's, the that's the first situation where the black smoke is around you. What I didn't like is the black smoke travels pretty quick over the path. Yes, and the black smoke is kind of like a ghost in Pac-Man. It has a very like set <laughs> it route. It is, yeah, so a pace. pattern. It's going to go left, and it's going to go behind that tree, and then I can run. So you go to a tree and hide, but I really couldn't make it to two banyan trees. I had to kind of stop at one because I didn't know where the trees were. Yes. So I'm looking for a tree because you're going to die once or twice before you find these banyan trees. But what I didn't like is once the black smoke comes and you find a banyan tree, it played the same cinematic every time. And it's like a 30-second cinematic. Of you just getting like flung around like a rag doll. No, I mean, when you find the banyan tree and the, the oh, smoke okay. monster's coming. I thought you meant like the smoke monster actually catching you. Well, here's how it plays out. Okay, you're running through the forest. You hear black smoke. Yes. Oh, I've got to hide. You get in the banyan tree. So you go to the banyan tree, and all of a sudden, cut. It goes first person. It goes watch. first person as black smoke, and it shows like you're coming to the banyan tree, and it's all blurry. Okay. Is that what it did on the Xbox? Yes, yes. Okay. And then it shifts to your point of view, and, and it's all blurry, it, and you, you hear your heart beat. On the Xbox, I felt it vibrate my controller. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, the heart beat, and the scene was still blurry, and the black smoke's going around the banyan tree. Then you're finally given control of your head again with the mouse, and you look around, and you have to wait and wait and wait till you don't see or hear the black smoke. Because I jumped out early two times mm. too early. Of course, I was <sighs> treated like Echo by oh, yeah, the black that's... smoke. That's one of the many uh, great ways to die in the game. <laughs> yeah. There's like a list of ways you can actually die, and being flung around by the smoke monster. That's one of them. Is one of many. Oh, we passed one on the beach. You walk up to the uh, fuselage like, engine, yeah. and well, it there's explodes. There's like a turbine, and it blows yeah. up. That's, yeah, a, that, that's another way to that's die. That's a way to die. But uh, that, that was okay. If the cinematic in the banyan tree was once, that'd be good. And when I go to the next banyan tree, just let me walk in yeah. and out without all the cinematics. Okay, yeah, but, I can I can see your complaint. I understand. But uh, you traipsy through the jungle and avoid the monster, and finally there's a guy that starts shooting at you, as if avoiding the black smoke wasn't enough. But fortunately, you run to the guy. Uh, I died. He shot me. What? Yeah. Oh, the other? The guy shooting at me in the tree? Yeah. Until I figured out what to do. I'm like, what do I do? Do I run away? Do I... But all I needed to do was run to the tree, which is under the platform where he was standing, and wait. That was a dumb puzzle. The black smoke attacked him and killed him. <laughs> yeah, that... 
Like, I don't understand. Like, why are the others trying to kill you specifically? And then why would the Black Smoke kill a random other? Oh, was that another? I think I thought it was another. Who else would it be? Oh, I thought it was one of BDI's guys trying to get you. Oh, see, I assumed it was another. So Okay. Maybe it was. Hmm. I didn't know they'd randomly take pot shots at the no. survivors well, of the... <laughs> <laughs> hey, you! <laughs> and that's what I didn't get either. Okay, maybe it was one of uh, those fellas. I thought he was wearing like the other's like hobo garb. I could have been. You know, like, it kind of looked like a sea billy to me. Fault myself for not paying more attention. But the black smoke monster attacks the gunman and kills him. So, lucky for you, you continue your journey through the jungle and run into Michael. Yes. And, and he's not yelling for Walt. <laughs> which is like the most shocking moment of the game for me. But he's doing something that kind of gives us a timeline. He's collecting wood for a raft. So that kind of tells us where we're fitting now in the story. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a bit early for yeah. him building the raft. But. It was, but we're moving along really quick. It's kind of like an episode of Lost. Yes. <laughs> so uh, you talk with Michael, and you actually trade. That That's another element of the game. You have to find things in the forest, like papayas and coconuts and Apollo candy bars. Yes. And you trade with uh, your fellow survivors. But uh, I'm like, where did Michael get torches? <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's got gasoline. Where did he get that? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of concerning. Anyway, you, it's a... I didn't mind the trade at all. No, no, the barter system was okay. Yeah. But you, you get some torches, and uh, you go in a cave, and it's pitch black, and uh, you avoid water and pits and bats. You exit the cave, and you see the cockpit. You made it! And guess what's inside the cockpit? Another fuse puzzle. <laughs> Another electric fuse puzzle. All right, point one for Brian. <laughs> so... You uh, you need fuses to repair, and fuses are scattered about the uh, cockpit, so you need to hang on to those. They're very handy. So you get the fuses, put them in the panel, solve the puzzle, and what do you get for your reward? A compartment opens, revealing your camera and laptop. So you get those out of the compartment, and leave the cockpit, and Ben and Juliet meet up with you. <laughs> I thought you say Ben and Jerry. <laughs> can't believe I did get my tongue tangled and say that I, it would have been yeah, hilarious ben if you did Ben and Jerry live on the island Ben and Julie Se- uh, secret ice cream shack on the island confirmed wow uh, Ben and Juliet meet you um, and Tom comes up from behind and knocks you out and Juliet injects you with something and you're gone you pass out pass out's all you see I liked that chapter. That, you know... That was that was a pretty good chapter. Not the best. Bad. Yeah. The, it, it was kind of equal to the beginning. Force for majeure. I was going to Frenchanize the first <laughs> word. Forge majeure. Forge majeure. <laughs> chapter three is where we get the name of the game. Via Domus. It's Latin. means the way home. <laughs> Via Domus. You start out with a flashback. I think we start out most of the chapters almost with a flashback. Uh, you're in a pawn shop called Rico's Pawn Shop. You're in Australia. You're watching Lisa. Here we are again, flashback with Lisa. She's arguing with one of her sources about info on Savo. And she leaves. Guess who shows up in a wheelchair in the pawn shop? Okay, wait, I know this. Um, <laughs> uh, wheelchair, bald... 
Jack. He's arguing about camping equipment. Oh, come on. I know this. Uh, Mr. Friendly. And I didn't like that Rico gave Locke a hard time about the camping equipment. Yeah, Rico's kind of a jerk. <laughs> he is. Although, what actually, uh, actually, what triggered this flashback is you talking to Locke. He's like, yeah. uh, you know, on this island, it's a clean start, fresh start. It's all brand spanking new. It's like, oh, <laughs> flashback. Like, Locke's saying brand spanking new, and then in the flashback, he's talking about the camping equipment. He's like, come on, take my camping equipment. It's brand spanking new. I think that I think that's like, they're trying to give Locke a little catchphrase there. Yeah. I think the alternate voiceover was trying to get a new catchphrase. Yeah. <laughs> that's something Sawyer would say, brand spanking new. Brand spanking new. Not Locke. Not at all. That's very unlock. <laughs> I they should have they should have hired me to write Locke's lines. I, I'd give them the rest. But inside this pawn shop, you happen to see another article about this nerve agent, and the nerve agent is sarin. It's highly volatile, and death is at point zero one milligrams per kilogram of body weight. So it doesn't take much to kill you. Wow. Uh, the article explains that there was a test subject who died within minutes after about 20 drops of this sarin nerve agent, and it was dropped on a cloth draped over their arm. So, that's, uh, I don't know if this really exists or not. I didn't research that. <laughs> that's potent stuff. But yeah, that's uh, that's the stuff Hanso's dealing with. What's he? What's Hanso using it for? I don't know. There's some bad dudes. Well, actually, well, uh, this deals with kind of the alternate ARG reality. Yeah. Where uh, Hanso is actually like overthrown by Middlework. Hanso could be using it for good, but Middlework probably had other uses for this nerve yeah, agent. Middlework came and he started exploiting all the company's uh, research. Yeah. Well, after you leave your flashback, Hurley finds you on the beach. He says, "Dude, you were. St- <laughs> well, what are you? What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> and you say, I was stuck with the needle. <laughs> and Hurley says, Claire was too. So you take your laptop to Saeed. He says he can fix it if you can find a battery. So you ask Locke about the battery, and he says, You have no need for the battery. The island will give you a fresh start. Brand spanking new. <laughs> oh, and uh, I, I don't know what. Not the worst live dog, I guess. But why uh, am I going to Locke to get a battery? Well, you know, Locke Sawyer's, has stuff. Sawyer had the stuff. I guess you're right. It's uh, it would have made more logical sense to go to yeah. Sawyer. But more importantly, what did you think about the Hurley voice actor? Oh, Hurley, not too bad. He was actually pretty good. He was pretty good, but the character model was terrifying. Yeah, the Avatar was could have used a little work. Yeah, you know, I, I know. Uh, Mr. Garcia is a little weightier than most of the other actors, but, I mean, they made him like Mr. Potato Head in the game. Hey, come on. No, no. I mean, it wasn't even the weight thing. It was just like an overall kind of awful model. Well, that's what I'm saying about the face. I think it wasn't even, wasn't any depth to it. It's just like a big old ball. (laughs) (laughs) Like that, come on, that is not Hurley. No, it wasn't Hurley at all. But the voice. But the voice. The voice was okay. Yeah, let's let's check out the Hurley voice. Well, you were a while we were attacked too, Steve or wait, Scott. They found him like dead with every bone in his body broken, and someone stuck Claire with a needle. <laughs> Steve, Scott, who? That joke keeps reoccurring. Yes, even in the game. Uh, kind of like the little flourishes like that really made the game for me. Kind of like the inside fan jokes. Yeah, and there were a few of those scattered throughout the game. I liked that. That was pretty neat. Uh, but um, 
you go to Locke, you ask for your battery for your laptop, and I guess you ask Locke this question because Locke then says that he'll lead you through the jungle and give you the battery, but not until you confront him about being in a wheelchair, which you find on the beach. <laughs> wonder if that was really there in the show. You start exploring the beach where the plane crashed, and you go out in the uh, shrubbery, and there's an overturned wheelchair. Yeah, they had the wheelchair on the beach in season one. Oh, that's right, they did. They I remember did. that. Yeah. But no one asked questions. No, they didn't. <laughs> they might have thought it was a survivor who died. That's then true. Then they wouldn't be a survivor. <laughs> oh, wow, yes. <laughs> a survivor who died. A survivor who died. <laughs> uh, someone who died who didn't survive. There we go. Gotcha. Uh, anyway, you say, Locke, oh, you're in a wheelchair. But I'll keep it a secret if you help me. <laughs> yes, he, he knows just how to push Locke's buttons. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good one. Uh-huh. It's like, okay, don't tell him about the wheelchair. I'll, I'll give I'll you a I'll lead you to the jungle. Follow my markers on the trees, and I'll meet you at the other end. Oh, another lame gameplay mechanic. <laughs> it's like, okay, we'll go. Let's go to the jungle. I'm, I'm going to go first, and I'm going to actually mark the way. Yeah. And then you follow the random uh, markers, like just like thrown about the jungle. Why can't we just talk while you show me the way? It via Domus? The way? Show me the way? Anyway, um, you follow the markers, and you find the hatch uncovered. And Locke shows up and says, oh, you found another one of my secrets. <laughs> Wait, so, you found another one of my secrets, son. Yes, that's better. You okay. did say son a lot. Yeah, I didn't like That's a Sawyer line, not Locke. But I, Locke says you found another one of his secrets. Um, you keep going through the jungle and you arrive at a cave. Now Locke pulls this weird thing. Is this season... Two lock? Season one lock? Season one, because he just found the hatch. Yes, well, I'm talking about his... His character? Yeah, his character here, because he tells you the cave contains answers. Uh, is that something oh, yeah, he, he would have done? Cave. That, that's kind of mystic season one lock. Okay. Although it's um that, that scene was a shout-out to uh, kind of the Empire Strikes Back. Oh, that's right. Yeah, training with Yoda on Dagobah. Yeah. Because he even... Uh, <clears throat> like references the line because your character says, you know, uh what's in there and Locke says, Only what you take with you which is a Yoda line. <laughs> Only what you take with you <laughs> So you are at the entrance of the cave, which Locke says has the answers, and he says again, I'll meet you on the other side. <laughs> like Locke, won't you just go through it with me? Come on. But it's just part of the game. So when you enter the cave you see Lisa again. Yes. She's showing up left and right. Black smoke? Oh, probably. You think? <laughs> so you follow her, but she's just enough ahead to be hard to follow. But when you finally catch up to her, she says, everything is about to change. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would have been incredible, though. In Korean. <laughs> no. You do catch up with her, and she does say, everything that happens on the island happens for a reason which we hear that a lot, echoed through the whole series. Yes. Ben, Locke, um, you jump down a small cliff after she tells you that and disappears, and you find a corpse, which has a compass in its hands. You take the compass, and Locke shows up and asks for you to give him what you found, and he helps you up, and he explains the writing on the compass via domus, which is inscribed on it, means the way home in Latin, 
and he gives you the battery. And that's the end of Via Domus Chapter 3. Okay. And I like that one, did you? Oh, yeah, I really like that one, too. Which, which so far, you like three the best? Uh, so far, yes, three is probably my favorite out of... I think uh, just because of the three. storytelling mechanics. And a lot really of lock good. time. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't hurt. <laughs> but you don't like the voice, though. Yeah, but it's still lock. Okay. The character model's pretty good. Well, Brian's going to cover the next chapter. All right, next chapter is called 42... And we open up on the beach at night, and Elliot sees a rather large explosion in the jungle, and it is actually Locke and company blowing open the hatch. Yeah! Which is great. Um, (laughs) So Elliot goes in the jungle, and he finds, you know, the newly opened hatch. So he goes around to the second entrance, (coughs) (laughs) where uh, Saeed is guarding the door. That's no good. All that work, digging up the hatch. Oh, there's a second entrance. If only we'd found the door. That would have been a lot easier to open. Um, anyway, or you could have knocked. <laughs> Hello, Desmond? <laughs> Lock here? Uh, anyway, uh, Saeed will not let Elliot pass until he can remember his name. Oh, it doesn't trust him. Like, I, I don't know you. Uh, you said, don't know your name yet in the game. Yes. Did I, say, did I give the name away? No. Okay, I think I did. Yeah, I think we did say the name. Okay, but Elliot. So you don't know, he doesn't know his name, and Said has the manifest, and until he can prove you were actually on the plane, oh, yeah. he won't let you in because he thinks you might be another. That's right. That's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, that was, that was pretty clever. Uh, so you head back to the beach and you speak with Hurley, and this triggers a flashback. All right. And in the flashback, we see Elliot, and we see he did some detective work for a shop owner in exchange for some information on where Savo is staying. Oh, so that's that was Lisa's source of information, too. Yes. So I guess he did an exchange. He did a something there, a favor, for the same guy to get the same information? Mm-hmm. Yes, and you end up going, to, uh, he tells you it's a Hotel Persephone, uh, Suite 42. Yeah, uh, Persephone and 42. Wonderful. Uh, so anyway, Lisa comes in, and she's very upset that you stole her story. And she slaps you, and she calls you by name. And that's how you remember your name is Elliot Maslow. Yes. And uh, this is my favorite part of the whole game. Right here. You come back and her... Like, oh, we missed! (laughs) Why? He's called Hurley! Bummer. So you go back to the hatch, and you tell Saeed your name. He allows you to enter. But as soon as you go in, it goes into lockdown mode. The uh, blast doors close. Yeah. And uh, you must enter the numbers into the terminal. I like that. That was that was terrific. That's that was like cool. a lost fan's dream come true. <laughs> I got to put the numbers in. Anyway, in order to uh, lift up the the uh, blast doors, you have to do three fuse puzzles. Oh, more <sighs> the fuse puzzles everywhere. Three. Yeah, so you have to do three of them, and um, through a series of puzzles and black lights, you actually see a map on the door. A new uh, map. A new map, not the original blast map. This on another wall. Okay. And this shows um, the swan and a river, and on the other side, like a secret door. Yeah. So anyway, um, as soon as you lift up the doors, uh, Saeed and Jack come running in, and they overpower you. <laughs> uh, they say they finally got your laptop up and running again, and had info on various weapons, including sarin gas. Ooh. So. Which Saeed was a, you know, torturer, so he mm. knows all about, he knew probably all about what that gas was. Yes. 
Uh, so they throw him and lock him into the armory. Oh! Henry Gale style. <laughs> You're treated like Ben. So this is before they found Ben. Yes. So they used the armory before Ben. It's pretty good. Yeah. Although I don't know, because like, some of these events in the game actually seem like alternate lost history universe kind of storyline. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's a bigger example later on, but okay. I'll talk about that then. And that ends uh, that chapter, which is my favorite of the game. Oh, that one is. 42. Okay. Being in the hatch, putting in the numbers. Yeah. Simply cannot be beat. <laughs> it's a tough one. I-, I like the next one, though. It has more hatch. I like that. Okay. All right. Well, the next chapter is Hotel Persephone. Okay. And you wake up locked in the armory. It's dark. So you pull out your lighter. And uh, in a somewhat frightening moment, you see Lisa standing in front of you. Bloody head and all, right? Y- yes. Yeah, that was weird. And she says, she can help you. Uh, referring to Kate on the other side of the door. Yeah, she just says, she can help you. And um, that, that's uh, There's nothing in there in the armory to escape. No, there's with, nothing. So you're, 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 that's your only clue. Anyway, uh, you have a flashback at that point where you're at the Hotel Persephone. Uh-oh. And there is a bodyguard... Um, standing in front of the elevator, which leads up to Savo's suite. It's not beady eyes. No, not beady eyes. A much larger individual. It's googie eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay, well, you, uh, you derailed my train of thought. Uh, you see Lisa sitting in the lobby with a open laptop uh, doing some research yeah. on her story. Um, you ask... You ask her, you know, about chasing the story, and she reveals to you that uh, Savo killed her sister. Ouch. Yeah. We don't really get a lot of backstory on that, but that's the motivating reason. It looks like that Lisa's on Savo's trail. She's trying to expose Savo before, you know, he can hurt more people, uh, testing this uh, Saren gas. I wonder if she was the test subject. I I bet bet she was, her sister. Because that died with the 20 drops. That could have been her. Oh, that's terrible. It's very, the story gets a little dark. Um, So you agree to work with her, and she says she'll go distract the guard so you can go find Savo. Cool. Anyway, end end of the flashback. You are back in the armory, and you tell Kate, you know, let me out. I'm a journalist. I was, you know, chasing a story. That's why I had all that info about weapons on my laptop. Isn't it convenient? Your flashback tells you just what you need to get out of the current scene you're in? Yes, it's like the ultimate convenience. You think they planned that? No, no, it's coincidence. <laughs> coincidence. Don't, don't uh, mistake coincidence mistake. for fate. <laughs> anyway, Kate lets you out, and you walk out of the hatch, and you follow the map you saw in the blast door across a river. Now that's that's my favorite moment right there. This is my favorite chapter. Okay. Oh, where you cross the river, go under a waterfall. Well, no, when Kate lets you out of the armory. Yes. You have the whole hatch to yourself. You can do whatever you want. Oh yeah, you you can you, just walk around. You can uh, walk down the hall. I was in and out of the hatch. I walked up to Kate. I was like, uh, "Hey, let's talk again." You know, you have the same dialogue option. So it's uh, like a yeah. She actually said she was on numbers duty. She said she was on numbers duty. You know, <laughs> she trusts you. Gonna let you out. Go ahead and do what you need to do. So I did. I took opportunity. Walked around the hatch. I went to the computer. Entered the numbers again. <laughs> <laughs> like this is fun. Actually, look up on the wall and it reset to 108. And then I saw that you could uh, open and close the different blast doors. And then I saw there's a black light menu on the computer. You could turn on and off the black lights. So I closed each each individual blast door, 
went and looked at both sides, turned on each different black light and looked at both sides. Didn't want to miss anything. So I found the map, which we already saw, that had the secret entrance to the swan. And I saw the original blast door map that Locke saw when he was pinned. Yes. That's cool. That was a great moment. And there's two black lights. You turn on one black light and you see the original map. And you turn on a second and there's new info on that blast map door. Really? You see that? I didn't know that. Palafari um, on the blast map. Uh, you see a couple of new things. You know, it's not like it's... Is the orchid on the blast door map? Uh, I think it is, yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. So it's really cool. So I'm looking around, and I actually go eat supper. (laughs) You know, come back 30 minutes later, and I go and see the timer. It's like, oh, there's 30 minutes left. Wait a minute. Kate said she was on numbers duty. I wonder if she's going to press the buttons on the terminal. So I wait. And, Brian, you saw me doing this, didn't you? Yes. So I decide to see if Kate will push the buttons. So I wait. Till it comes crunch time, and all of a sudden the numbers start to click. And what was five minutes it started beeping, or three minutes? Four. Four. It starts beeping, and suddenly, guess who doesn't put the numbers in? Kate. Kate. (laughs) And you died. That's another great way to die, not pushing the button. Kate, you lied. (laughs) So I can't believe that Kate didn't push the button, and she said she was on numbers duty. They should have worked that into the game. Yes, how easy would it have been to have Kate walk up, go to the terminal, enter the numbers. <laughs> now see, what really gets me is if you leave the hatch, what happens 108 minutes later? The hatch doesn't blow up. No, Kate ac- presses the numbers in your absence. <laughs> no, actually, the uh, the great cheat about the uh, hatch is whenever you walk out and come back, the timers reset. Uh, that's true. <laughs> I did notice that. It's like, oh, I just pushed the button. You missed it. But that was my favorite point in the game. I don't know why. Just an infatuation with Hatch walking around, looking at it. No, no. Pressing I, the buttons, checking out Desmond's lair. Just like looking out, looking. Equipment, the yeah, shower. Checking out the layout of the hatch, the bookshelf. I actually reenacted uh, season two opener. <laughs> <laughs> you started at the bunk bed. Yeah, I'm like, hey, there's, there's the uh, <clears throat> exercise equipment. There's the bed. There's the shower. Okay, if I get up, I walk over here. It really gave me a good layout of the hatch. So now I can watch video footage of the hatch in a new light. It's like, oh, I know where that's at. You know, oh, there's the dryer with the clothes spinning. It's it was really cool. It was really cool. That yeah. was one of my favorite parts of the game. I could talk about that for the five minutes, but go ahead. <laughs> that's really cool. I really liked it. You go across the river under a waterfall. You find a secret door that you have to blow open. Um, and this is uh, actually the source of the uh, magnetic wall in the hatch that yeah. they never went behind. Remember? Yeah. Whenever Jack would walk by, it would like, you know, lift up his key. Right inside the hatch. It, yep. And who else noted a magnetic anomaly? Saeed? Uh, Saeed. Uh, Desmond. <clears throat> Desmond. Said whenever he walked by his fill, fill insert. Yeah. Fillings. But it's weird. You just walk out and you walk to like the little pool of water, and then there's a small waterfall. You walk into the waterfall, and there's a cave with an entrance. It's like a bat cave. To the With a door. So that, I'd like to see that in the show. It would be cool, but I doubt they'll ever incorporate it. <sighs> um, anyway, so you have to blow open this door. So yeah. you 
head to the Black Rock, where they got the dynamite to blow up in the hatch. Now, how did how did he know there was dynamite at the Black Rock? Uh, Who told him? Hurley. Okay, yeah. You, you talk to Hurley and you find out. That's right. That there was dynamite at the Black Rock. So, uh, <laughs> this is another great portion of the game where you're walking through the jungle, trying not to be killed by the black smoke. Um, because the you know, black smoke is lurking around. It's behind every tree. And you have to hide in, uh, what were those banyan trees? Yeah. Every so often. <sighs> See, they use the same puzzle over and over. <laughs> well, that's not really a puzzle. That's more like it's, a... It's a game dynamic, but you had to do it many times. Yes, yes, you did. They did recycle that. Yeah. Anyway, you finally make it to the Black Rock. You get your dynamite, and this is this is my least favorite part of the game. On the way back from the Black Rock, you can't run because you have dynamite in your backpack. <laughs> <laughs> but good luck escaping the black smoke anyway. So yeah. you're carefully walking through the jungle, and you hear you know the black smoke behind you. And you, have to, you have to like look around, find the closest tree, and it's kind of like slowly walk. It's like come on, come on, come on. And you can actually you can run for like a second. Yeah. But if you walk with purpose, you'll make it. You just I guess have, so. you to, have to have it mapped out. Know where the banyan yeah. trees are. On your way to the Black Rock to get the dynamite, the journey there was that was the first puzzle of its kind. It was kind of like a Mario style uh, first person where you're running, <laughs> you know, jump the logs and slide under the logs. Remember that? Oh, that doesn't come until later though. Oh, that wasn't right then with black smoke on your tail? No, that's um, that's actually after you open the magnetic door. Okay. Yeah, so that's, that's right there. Um, <clears throat> but... So you get the dynamite, you're walking you're, very slow. You're walking I, back. I actually made it through, I think, on my first try or second try. Really? I had a little bit of trouble at that point. It's um, just I knew I was going to have to have the banyan trees because I'd heard so much about it. Yes. I'd have to have them laid out. So I, I just like, okay, pay close attention. Look, look, look. Wasn't even thinking of the black smoke. I'm just like, walk to the banyan tree, walk in there. But there was one. I just left a banyan tree and yes. I heard black smoke. I'm like, oh, shoot. This is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm walking. But it let me make it. I just headed straight to the next patch and I got in. Well, that's good. I... um. <laughs> Uh, you I decided to die. No, I went kamikaze. <laughs> uh, I waited for the black smoke to come up, and I ran at it oh. and blew up on it. <laughs> did you kill Blackie? No, I did not kill the black smoke, oh. unfortunately. You, you you disrupted all those little nanobots that make Smokey what he is. Yes, I did. <laughs> uh, anyway, you finally make it back to this uh, underwater bat cave area, and you <laughs> blow it open, and you walk in, and you see this giant electromagnetic reactor. Yeah, that was cool. That was weird. Uh, I like that. I, I guess I guess Damon and Carlton approved of this, but it's not <sighs> canon. They'll be the first to tell you. It's like, yeah, well, the game's not canon. Don't pay that any attention. Well, I hate it's that. Cool, it's confusing, it's though, with canon. You know, canon to me, like, it's... If Damon and Carlton had anything to do with it, they released the info. They're the source of the show, so I consider that canon. But, uh, oh well. But at least, hopefully, Damon and Carlton won't put anything in future shows that will conflict with what they allowed the game makers to do. So even though it's not, air quote, air quote time, canon, (laughs) it still won't take away from the real storyline. Yes, hopefully not. Um, So you walk up to a terminal, 
and you have to complete a you know, a lame complete the series test. A parapsychology test. Yes. I thought it was cool. You thought it was cool? So, you have to do it a few times. Some are better than others. Well, the fact that you have to take like a Dharma parapsychology test. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. That was kind of cool. I can't say the questions like, were really cool. No, the, the context was cool, but the yeah. actual questions could have been better. Yeah, the questions a were like this. Uh, it said like IQ test four of 92. Uh, question number one complete the series. Two, four, four, six, six eight, eight, blank. Oh dear! Oh, I'll never oh. figure it out. <laughs> there were a few of those. There, there were at other points in the game that were a little tougher. They were more difficult than others, but and they I'm, definitely played it safe on those. Yeah, I've got to complain about one of them, but for the most part, they were pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess in context, it was kind of cool. But I liked that room almost as much as I liked walking around in the hatch. Oh, yeah, it was definitely interesting. It was a unique experience. Because it was a place in the swan I'd never got to see. Huge thing that you have to walk all the way around the reactor. It was still shooting sparks. I was like, whoa! And I guess you could hear that hum. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you could feel the bass. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, you go to the terminal uh, and you shut off the reactor. And, um, oh... Yeah. That, now you can follow your compass. That's why you wanted to shut off the reactor. Right, because your compass went crazy. Your, comp- your compass was going A-wire. And so you look at your compass, and it's acting normally again. And you look back at the terminal. And in the uh, on the terminal, very kind of reminiscent of the scene where Michael and Walt were talking. Yeah. Dead. Oh, uh, yeah. The terminal says, we know what you did, Elliot Maslow, and we will find you. <laughs> That's cool. It's like... End of the chapter. Cut to loss. Ben has orchestrated everything. We know where you are. We know you're looking at the terminal right now. <laughs> and so we're going to send you this text message and play with your mind. <laughs> it's very Ben-esque. Yes. Uh, okay, that's the end of that chapter? That is the end of that chapter. End of Hotel Persephone, which, by the way, the I made a comment about Persephone... But that's a callback to uh, the lost experience. lost experience, where Rachel Blake was the main character, but she went by the hacker alias Persephone. Persephone yes, or she was trying to track down info. Wow. So. I love the lost experience. That was just terrific. It started out good, but we lost it. It was just hard to follow. No, it was it was hard to actually do the work. Yeah. Like, go to these sponsor websites and actually track down the clues. Right. But once people kind of like assembled the videos and everything, it, it was. It Pretty was, neat. It was mind-boggling. I just want to sit down and watch the video of The Lost Experience instead of play it. You can. You can go to YouTube. <laughs> they have them. Uh, and Find 815 was was good, whereas you got one point to sit down instead of chasing clues all over the globe. Yeah, well, Find 815 was better because it was so self-contained. You go there and you got a little checklist. Speaking of the hatch uh, here, where uh, we just found out the magnetic reactor room uh, and where he shut it down... Uh, Brings me to Desmond, who was locked in the hatch. What do you think of his voiceover? Um, voiceover was good. His character model was terrible. <laughs> it's like, wow, you kind of you, you look like you've been living underground for three years, Desmond. He you're, looked like a t- you're, corpse you're, or something. He looked like a mole man. Yeah, the hair was terrible. The eyes were really freaky, like yeah. they were looking through me. <laughs> <laughs> like, stop it, Des. He, he looked like he didn't have a soul. But the voice, voice, not bad. Not bad at all. Here is Desmond. Haven't you heard? I'm the fool who's been pushing a button for the last three years. Name's Desmond. <laughs> I'm the fool. 
He's been pushing the button. They sound pretty close. No, yeah, they got his accent um, almost spot on. A lot better than they got Charlie. Yeah. Monster. A lot better than Sawyer. Better than Sawyer. <laughs> Chapter 6 is entitled, Whatever It Takes. So through this chapter, we see the flashback as the intro. You're hiding in the room at Hotel Persephone, where our last flashback left off, and Beady Eyes has Lisa. He pulls a gun on her, and you snap a picture. This triggers a memory of how you got past the guard, uh, Google Eyes, to get (laughs) in the room, where you tell the guard that Lisa is a journalist investigating Savo. You just come right out and tell this guy, hey, see that girl over there, Lisa? Yep, she's investigating Savo. I think you better go apprehend her. That just seemed dirty. That was terrible. That was bad. You're a jerk, Elliot. Yeah, my view totally changed of myself. I mean, of Elliot. Elliot, yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, he's spending all this time trying to remember his past. Maybe he has good reason to forget. Now, if you've played the game... And hopefully you have, <laughs> or else, you know... <laughs> don't don't bother playing it now. You're just listening to us, thinking you're not going to play. But at this point in the game, uh, when Elliot approaches the guard and gives that information to Google Eyes, and he goes off to get Lisa, and he's taking Lisa off. The camera has a wide view, and you see the guard taking Lisa, and Elliot kind of looks at Lisa and holds his hands up like... Tough luck, baby. You remember that scene? Yeah, that's how it goes. That really is like, ooh. Yeah. It's like, don't don't you think he's going to kill her? I mean, that these people mean business. But he just threw his hands up like, ha-ha, and kind of gave a little smile. It's like, ouch. But It's terrible. <clears throat> yeah, but Elliot's not a bad guy. Maybe he didn't know that was going to happen. But you slip into the elevator and take advantage of this moment. So you're back on the island and you're following your compass through the jungle and the monster approaches you and you play this is where you play that first person Mario type style runaway sequence yes it's like a platformer it's, yeah it's you not gotta, you have to jump over logs and like kind of slide it's not a side scroller but it's like a 3D scroller it's like it's like a uh, third person yeah and you, you just third person watch Elliot run and you just control him jumping and sliding under various obstacles you know, and that was kind of fun I kind of like that. That was, yeah, that was only my... used twice in the game. Yes. And I actually liked that. Yeah, it was one of my more f- favorite gameplay mechanics. So uh, that one was, was not bad. I mean, it wasn't real challenging. I, I like to see him hit the logs and <laughs> fall over the rocks. <laughs> uh, black smoke catches up with you. But you play this little runaway sequence, and uh, you come to the sonar fence at the barracks. And Elliot faces the monster here like Echo. I didn't really understand this. Uh, yeah, I didn't like that either. It kind of co- cheapened the Echo moment. I mean, that's such an yeah, iconic moment, did. Echo staring down the black smoke. And here Elliot did the same thing. Yeah. The camera like, who, pans and, like, and he's looking he? at smoke. Who is Elliot? He's a jerk. He hasn't <laughs> earned the kind of like love and respect Echo has. Well, at least we didn't see flashes in the smoke of Elliot's past. I think it's because the game developers were cheap. <laughs> Uh, who knows? It'd been funny if it flashed pictures like a light bulb, like a camera. Because Elliot's a photographer. But uh, the black smoke looks Elliot in the eye, face to face, and we have a confrontation. And we're thinking, okay, the black smoke just chased Elliot. What for? To stare him down? (laughs) Was he like scanning him? 
to see if he's like a good person or not. Oh, maybe he was. Yeah. Because... We still don't really know the true nature of the black smoke. Let's say that, you know, through this game, we hear that Ben doesn't think Elliot's a good guy worth saving. And Juliet differs. She thinks Elliot's good. So maybe this is a defining moment where the black smoke is after to kill him. But this is the moment where we find out he's guilty for Lisa's death. Yes. So maybe he feels remorse. Maybe that's why the black smoke let him live. That's mm. a good point. Maybe. Echo didn't re- didn't repent. <laughs> I will not repent. Yeah, no. I'm a priest, and I say no. But anyway, he scans Elliot. Or I'll say that he scanned Elliot, yeah. and it goes away uh, just as peacefully as it... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Juliet appears behind the sonic fence and accuses you of killing Lisa. Well, you have your little flashback then, and you convince Juliet to let you through the fence. You know, you didn't plan for it to happen that way, but you can't help what happened. She let you get through the elevator to Savo, and we see later that she actually did get killed. But after talking to Juliet, she uh, decides to let you through the fence, so she turns it off, you travel inside, you turn it back on. Now... There was another good death moment. Yes, another good way to die. <laughs> Run through the fence <laughs> before the she fence. turns it off. But we didn't get the gruesome death that Mikael suffered. No, and actually, if you, if you actually think back, he survived because it was on like a low setting. Oh, that's right. But you run through, and you just like stop, and like oh, oh fall over. Yeah, in the game, you just start convulsing. Uh, I, I'm sorry to say this, but I actually laughed. Yeah, because you hit it. And I guess it's really hard to imitate certain body actions, but the body kind of did a weird gyration thing. And, of course, his face has no expression. He kind of looks like he's, like, dancing. (laughs) Yes. You know, and it just stops, and that's the end. he falls over. I'm like, oh, that's not convincing at all. Where's the blood and gore? (laughs) Blood and guts. But anyway, uh, Juliet lets you inside. And uh, you're inside the sonic fence. She turns it back up. And I didn't know, but walking around in here, Brian kind of tipped me off to this. You travel far enough and look on the ground. It's kind of hard to spot. But there's like a little blue glowing ball. It's a pearl. A pearl. And uh, you pick that up and it transports you to the Pearl Station. Yes. Which is a one of the game's few really cool Easter egg moments. Now, for those who've played, maybe you want to go see it. How do we describe to get there? Well, when you go through the sonic fence, instead of going left um, to the building, just go right and follow that that wall. Yeah, follow the sonic fence without going into it to the right. Keep your eyes on the ground. ground. Look for the glowing blue orb. I think you'll see some trees up ahead on the right. It's somewhere near the trees. Yes. That that was really cool. I like that. Going into the different stations. That was really cool. That's... uh, So anyway, you find that inside the Pearl Station, it gives you the status of the other stations. And then I leave. I'm thinking, oh, there's got to be something to do here. I want to see Mikael on the, <laughs> you know, Patchy. That'd be cool to have the video footage of Patchy looking at you. Just have it looped like a uh, <laughs> yeah. like a gif of Patchy. That'd mm-hmm. be cool. Um, after you trade with Juliet for some torches, which uh, come in handy, you enter the flame, which is up a little path on the, the left. The flame has the swan logo on the door. (laughs) Yes. Error. Error. Uh, I don't know why they goofed up. 
Putting the swan on the flame. Uh, subliminal message? Error. Kind of like uh, burning down the swan? <clears throat> burning down the swan! <laughs> oh, well, you, you're just going to give away our uh, summer parody right oh. there. Oh! You enter the flame, uh, the lights are out in the lower part of the flame, and you work your way to another electrical panel. After solving this panel with the fuses, a gate opens. You enter and climb a ladder and go up to the top floor of the flame, which is really cool. You hear Beady Eyes has Mikhail hostage, and they are awaiting your arrival. Like, how'd they know I'm here? (laughs) You open the door where he has him hostage, and Beady Eyes talks a bit, but fortunately, you have a gun with a bullet. And you shoot him. And you shoot him. Mikhail claps, and some others come in and knock you out. Now, as a storyline, that just really flows. But if you're playing the game... Yeah, yeah there's some I didn't know what flaws. to do next. Yeah, big flaws. Like, I would walk in and I would aim the gun at beady eyes and then he would shoot me instantly. <laughs> I tried to shoot through the door. Shoot, shoot, bang, 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 bang. And then I'd open the door and he, they were there and, like, they never heard a gun go off. Yes. So, I don't know, that... that one part right there was really kind of... It felt broken because you have to walk in, listen to him talk for a little while. He pulls a gun at you, so yeah, what's your reaction? Yeah, he's pointing a gun at you, so you want to shoot Pull a gun, him. but when you pull your gun... You get shot. You're going to get shot every time. But if you wait just like a couple of seconds while he talks, then you can shoot him. He says like but one sentence... But if you wait sentence. too long, he'll shoot you anyway. <laughs> there's, says, a, there's a small window of opportunity right there. Where two you sentences. Can shoot him. That's, that's the window. He says one sentence... And before he, or while he's saying the second, you can shoot him. I did not like that mechanic, but it took me a while to get through that. But I did. And uh, the others come in and knock you out. And that is the end of Chapter 6, Whatever It Takes. That wasn't too bad. Exploring the flame, the sonic fence, the smoke. I really liked that. That was definitely fun. And the last chapter. Oh, we're coming down to the end, Brian. Worth a thousand words. Yeah, that's what I've got for the last scene. <laughs> yeah, I was just like looking at that. <laughs> wow. Uh, starts out with a flashback. You're inside Hotel Persephone. You're in Savo's room. You're hiding when Savo and Middlework enter the room. Uh, what a journalist wouldn't have to get this story. You take a shot of Middlework giving Savo... A Hanso Foundation briefcase. We find out here, this is the crux of the storyline that he's been following. Middlework is selling Saren, the nerve agent, to Savo. And Savo is using them in EXP ex- ESP experiments. <laughs> so that's the, the whole crux. Yes. So Middlework, the bad dude, is selling off Hanso's stuff for whatever he was using it for. And uh, Sa- uh did I say Savo selling it? You Middlework. Said Middlework. Okay, Middlework selling it to Savo, and Savo's buying it for ESP experiments. So I don't even know if Savo knows where the island's at. Anything about it, or yeah, I don't think Savo knows anything about the island. He's just dealing with Middlework. So anyway, after uh, after they do their deal, Savo has Lisa brought in and has him shoot her. And uh, you see Elliot's reaction there. He kind of faints and drops the camera. And they hear him drop the camera, don't they? And I, it just cuts. Yeah, I guess. I don't know how he got away from that. Yeah, it's like, how, how did he get away? That's, oh, man. But 
that's a mechanic maybe they couldn't give an answer for, I don't know. But you then realize that you did betray Lisa. You didn't purposefully have her killed or know she would die, but you, you, you betrayed her. You yourself, but yeah. Yeah. Well, you wake up in an empty hatch, since the others knocked you out while you were in the flame, and you find you're in the Hydra. Yes. That's cool. That was it, that was extraordinary. You're in the same place that Jack was at. In the dolphin tank. Yeah, kind of brings back memories of flashbacks of the shows, and I guess that's why I really like the story of the game. It's like, oh, I remember this. Yeah, that's that's what the game did very well. It played off your kind of like nostalgia for the show. It's like, well, I remember when I first saw the hatch. <laughs> I want Juliet to bring the TV in and say something while she shows flashcards on the TV. Yes. But <sighs> Juliet doesn't come in. Tom comes in, though, <laughs> and Tom promises to let you go if you tell him what you remember about Hanso and a girl named Lisa. But inside the tank, before Tom appears, Lisa appears and says, Don't let it happen again. What's she referring to? Uh, I... Don't let it happen again, again. Again, thinking about the ending of the game, this is all very, yeah, kind of weird. Um, don't don't let it happen again. I don't let her die again because uh, she died. Maybe. I don't let it happen again. You made a bad decision. Yes. Don't don't betray. Oh, okay, I got it. Don't betray <laughs> the survivors like you betrayed her. There you go. Like oh. He betrayed, he betrayed her to benefit himself. So don't betray the rest of the survivors to get off the island. Oh, that's right. That's pretty good insight. Yes. Case <laughs> cracked. Uh, she says, don't let it happen again. So Tom shows up and promises, I'll let you go if you tell me what you know about Hanso and Lisa. So you tell Tom what you saw in your flashback, and Tom complies and lets you out. Isn't that weird? That was weird. I, thought I guess I, he, was un- I, he was probably under orders from Ben, like, okay, when you get the info, let him out. And you get to explore the whole Hydra. Yes, that was... A lot of fun too. It's kind of—I mean, I spent quite a while looking around, thinking there's got to be some Easter eggs here. Got to be, you know. And then you—you you go in this room, and you see this uh, holding tank with a shark in it, in some sort of a gurney. That was kind of like, oh, you know, with the ambient sounds in there, it really kind of pulled me into the game. I was like, oh, look at that! I want—I want them. I want to get a machine and operate this and pull the shark out, which you really do. <laughs> so I got to live my dream. <gasps> oh, well, Chris's best game ever, confirmed. But I didn't, the first time I saw the room and saw the shark, I didn't see the terminal sitting there. Yes. So I explored the rest of the Hydra, and I found another electrical panel. Oh, I don't know how to work this puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> this is so new and different. <laughs> I need fuses. So I went back to the room with the shark and the container, and I saw the terminal. And the terminal offered a psychology test like the others do, and when solved, the shark is raised up to a bridgeway where you walk up to the shark in the gurney, and there's a device attached to the shark, which fortunately has a lot of fuses in it. (laughs) Oh, yes. What a coincidence. So you put the fuses in the puzzle down the hall, and when solved, a door opens in the Hydra where Ben and Juliet are awaiting your arrival. 
How'd they know I was going to open that door? Yeah, I don't know. You think Ben sees the future, so... Yeah, that's right. So you walk they're, in... They're kind of sitting at like a table, though. It's yeah. kind of like apprentice style. Almost. You're, that's kind of what I felt like. You're fired. You're fired. Ben, uh, as you go in and talk, it's like he's been awaiting your arrival. He says that he'll let you go home if you will lure Jack to the Black Rock in exchange. And he does say here that the others let him find the compass. And they've been manipulating him all along. Classic Ben Ah, line, see? It's all been like a Ben mind game up to that point. (laughs) I love this. It's like, what? How'd they know I'd do this and this and this? It's just like the series. The content was great. Ben knows all. So you return to the beach. And you tell Jack, you know, Jack, uh... How about we go to the Black Rock? I think, no. <laughs> I, I, think I found a way to get off the island. Yeah, he says uh, there's something at the Black Rock, and he may have found a way off. And he needs to show Jack. So uh, they go to the Black Rock together. Jack is trapped at the Black Rock, thanks to the others with Tom and some other othery. Other others? You know, we say lost and losty. Yes. How about other and othery? Otheries. Otheries. Oh. Uh, they trap Jack, but also, guess who's been following you and Jack when you go to the Black Rock? Um, Black Smoke. <laughs> Kate! Kate has followed you. So Tom now has Kate and Jack in custody, and uh, they have them at gunpoint. So Tom says, hey, thanks for doing this. Here's your compass back. You're free to go. But in, I tried to leave. Did you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I couldn't. No, because you try to leave, you walk down a flight of stairs, and uh, Lisa appears to you. Yes. Says, I'm so disappointed in you, Elliot. Uh, Game over. Game over. So. Another great way to lose. (laughs) You must go back and save your fellow Losties. No, this is actually, I really enjoyed this situation in the game, because you go pick up your compass, and uh, um, you have a gun, and like Tom's pointing a gun at Jack, and the other other is pointing a gun at Kate. Right. And you're trying to figure it out. So it's like, okay, if I shoot Tom, that guy shoots Kate. If I shoot that guy, Jack will die. Yeah, so it's a hard situation like, what to if figure I shoot, out. What if I shoot Jack? But there's a couple sticks of dynamite there on the Black Rock. Yes. So you're thinking, huh, let's shoot the dynamite. Well, if you're too close, you kill yourself. And if you get away from it, you shoot the dynamite. It Blows up the guy closest to the dynamite. It, it takes out the others. But... And then it kills Kate, too. It kills Kate, as well. So, like... <sighs> that took me a while to figure out. Yeah, well, I, it didn't take me too long, but I had to experiment with it a bit. But the way to get out of there, that situation, is stand in front of Kate, and you take the blunt force trauma of whatever hits Kate... Yes. ...while you shoot the dynamite. And Jack and Kate are saved, and the others. Now, we know Tom didn't die there. See, he could have, because, like I said, this is is weird alternate history, because instead of uh, Ben making a deal with Michael to get off the island for Jack and Kate and Sawyer, he's making a deal with Elliot to get Jack and Kate. I mean, this is like very kind of like alternate lost universe I know, very. That's why it's not canon. Yeah. But he survived somehow. Let's just say he got knocked unconscious. <laughs> okay. Friendly's alive. And the other died. <laughs> so uh, you 
you know, lose consciousness after that's happened. And uh, Jack and Kate drag you to safety in some field. At that point, it the game is blurry. Yes. Yeah, you see them, and you kind of hear them talking. Well, he's, you know, he did turn back on us, but he saved us. You know, we can't leave him there to die. So they drag you to a field. And then later, Juliet finds you in this field. And you have full consciousness now. And she tells you that Ben has ordered your death at the hands of the others. And your escape boat will be destroyed in two minutes. I guess because you helped Jack and Kate escape. Yes. So it turns out you're a good guy after all. So she gives you the compass bearing that you need to escape. Three, two, five. Yep. And gives you back your camera. Says she was wrong about you. So you're off running towards the boat in the second of our game. Yeah, platform, third person, run, slide, jump thing. And uh, you run to the boat, and once you you make it to the dock, ah, this is very weird. You see Locke. <laughs> and I actually made a comment. I was on my way to the dock. I was thinking, "Well, what the boat's there?" And we see Locke, and he blew it up. <laughs> <laughs> but Locke was there. I was like, "Uh oh, <gasps> please don't blow up the boat." Things do not look good for Elliot. But you show up, and Locke's all for you getting off the island, which is so weird. Yeah, That's... here you go. See the boat. Look at the boat name. Viadamus. I knew you'd be here soon. <laughs> like, even, like, he even has a line, like, we have different paths. Mine's here on the island. Yours is back home. It's like, really? <laughs> really, Locke? Are you sure, Locke? Oh, is this the same I Locke? Thought the, I thought the island chose him. Like, everybody was brought here for a reason, a purpose. Except for you, Elliot. You can go now. Well, he found his purpose, maybe. He changed. That's true. He was redeemed, but yeah, go ahead. redeemed himself. But... You know, as you say, Locke did say all that, you know. Oh, you've got your way, I've got mine, I'm staying here. You leave, see you later, have a good life. Uh, you board the boat, and, uh, you, of course, that was another death. I had to not make it to the dock in time, because yes. you're given a time limit. And the boat's blown And you up. see the Molotov being thrown in the boat, and it blows up. Uh, another death. But uh, I played it again, got on the dock this time. <laughs> time loop. And get on the boat, and as you're going away, you hear the sound that's associated with the day the swan imploded. Yes, the sky turns purple, the island vibrates. Yeah, and you're like, whoa, what is going on? There's some kind of huge electromagnetic event going on. Yeah, like, wait, is that the hatch blowing up? Like, did Desmond just turn the failsafe? Yeah, what, why is it? And then you look up in the sky, and... and (sighs) Oh, oh, this no. is the whole, if you haven't played the game, shut off now, because this gives it all away. All right, uh, <laughs> let her rip. This is it. This is the shocking conclusion to Lost um, via Domus. Lost via Domus. <laughs> Look up in the sky, and what do you see but Oceanic 815 being torn apart the day that it crashed? What? And suddenly you wake up on the beach again, and and Lisa calls out your name, and the game ends. She, she said, "We made it. We both made it, or something like that." Like what? Wh- it's like what? I'm trying to wrap my head around understand. that. Like, so, okay, was this whole thing uh, a dream? It's not a dream. It can't be a dream. 
so now are we in another alternate reality? Like I don't know. Is the island giving him a second chance? He is this a paradox? <laughs> no, like he redeemed himself. Did oh maybe giving, that's what happens when yeah, you redeem yourself. The giving, is the island giving him another shot? I but I really don't know. The ending just confused me. To maybe pieces. he traveled in the his conscious. Has traveled in the past. Aha! No, it like Desmond's did. It still doesn't make sense. But it's an alternate storyline because Lisa didn't die. Yes, she's still alive. So if Lisa didn't die, I don't know what happened to Savo in the room when he tried to. Did they even expose him? Does she know about what happened? She's black smoke. Yes, <laughs> I agree. That makes sense in this context. We would welcome any feedback. Yes. What do you think the ending the ending meant? Giving us shoot an email. Also yes. Please email us about your comments on the final scene. That was really wild. So that concludes. That concludes our coverage Lost of Lost via Domus. Chris, what is your final rating of the game? Uh, as a a storytelling element, excellent. Good story. All right. As a storytelling element. (laughs) Okay, as a game. Oh, as a game. As a a game, I give it thumbs down. As a pure game. As a lost product, I give it an A. I mean, you've heard us rant about this for a whole hour, and we like the story. You know, if if you're a huge uber lost nerd, I, you know... I think you should own it. Oh I mean, yeah, I mean, right. I mean, especially now. I mean, the PC version was thirty bucks when it came out. I mean, I'm sure the price has dropped a little bit since then. Yeah, mine's on eBay for five bucks. No, <laughs> oh, wow. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm hanging on to mine. No, you heard it, kids. <laughs> Don't play this on a laptop. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, I guess you need DirectX 10 and probably a pretty good video card to play it. Uh, it's one of these. Uh, games for Windows, and it's on DVD, but uh, I enjoyed it as, as a, like I say, story, but the game, eh. Yeah. So, but. All right. Well, that does it. That closes the book on Lost Viodomus. And now and that now- it's over, I'm kind of <laughs> sad. I wish there were other games we could play and go over. I don't know. Maybe they'll make another Lost game. I'm sure, you know, Ubisoft still has the license yeah, that's to make a Lost game. I don't know how true. well this one sold. Just think, if there's a game after the last season of Lost to take you more into the Lost universe, given what you know yes. through all the seasons. Oh, that, that would be pretty cool. That yeah, would that'd be kind of a unique product. I don't think any other franchise has done anything quite like that. Yeah, I could be wrong. I don't think they But Lost is known for doing things out of the box. So if you are a Lost fan, like Brian said, I think the game's worth having as well as any other stuff from the ARGs, Lost Experience, Find 815, all that's worth putting in one big box and putting in a time capsule <laughs> for your great-great-grandchildren. Yes, I'm, sure they'd, <laughs> I'm sure they'd love that junk. Yeah. All right, all well. Right, we have a little bit of feedback any here. Any news? No news. Okay, just fan feedback. A little bit of feedback. Okay. Feedback. Okay, our first piece of feedback comes from Charlie. Who writes and says, Via Damas was very fun, but I have yet to get past Smokey with the dynamite. <laughs> <sighs> Don't run. So, uh, That's what I talked about, walking with purpose. So, yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, just be careful. So, Charlie can't give a full review yet, but 
I could, if I could change one thing, it would be get better voice actors <laughs> because Sawyer and Charlie are truly dreadful. Oh, speaking of Sawyer. Yeah, we've been talking about it for a while. Let's go ahead and drop it right here. You want to hear Sawyer's voiceover right here, huh? Well, let's get our comments after we hear old Sawyer. All right, let's go. Cut to the chase, Chevy. You want to trade or not? Let's make a deal. What do you think, Brian? <sighs> no, that was that was awful <laughs> in every sense of the word. Oh, Sawyer. You mean? I guess the writing. I mean, cut to the chase, Chevy. That almost sounds like something Sawyer would say. Well, I'll say, he's got so those Sawyerisms. Yes, I'll give him that. But the voice actor's not that great. But when you hear a Sawyerism in a voice that's not Sawyer. You can't see it being a Sawyerism, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I can kind of see what you're going for there. But yeah, it's uh, that w- to me, Sawyer's voice was the worst, or not the least bit closest. Whereas the others, I thought, were a little better. Yeah. Um, and our second and final Vidama feedback comes from Lincoln from Moscow, who oh. says. Hi, Lost and Locked. It's me, Lincoln from Russia, on Vidamus, the new Lost video game. I have it for the PC, and quite frankly, it rocks. Oh. Confirmed. <laughs> but out of ten, I'd have to give it an eight. Hmm. The reason I kicked two points off is that the character you play as is not ever mentioned in the show. Well, I mean, it's the same thing with Lost Experience. Rachel Blake, Sam Thomas, Mum. Well, um, so, Lincoln says they should have made it from... They should made it from an other's point of view, perhaps Ethan or Ben. Uh, I think that would have been kind of cool. That like would have been cool. Another. I don't think I would have necessarily faulted uh, the quality or the likableness of the game because it's a character we don't see on TV. Uh, yeah, well, maybe if it was a character we you know know and love, maybe the ending would have made sense, and maybe it'd be canon. Because this puts you in the same predicament our heroes in. You have amnesia. You don't know what's going on. Yeah, I guess is yeah. So, it's kind of hard to fit you in someone you've seen on TV because you already know what happens. This kind of works you into the universe. So, I don't know. I'd have to actually give it points. Really? Instead of take away for that element, yes. Hmm. Did a good job because they play you with someone that fits in very well. And you leave the island. Hmm. Uh, I don't know about that last scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so let's just ignore that. <laughs> yeah. But very well. But anyway, Lincoln says uh, that's why... That's they downgraded why, to an eight. That's, yeah, that's why he kicked off a few points. Okay. And he signs the email from Russia with love. <laughs> oh, good. All right. And we have a little non-Viadomus feedback that we'll save for next week. Yeah. And uh, before we continue, I guess I've got two other clips here I did not play of some of our voiceovers. Okay. That's good. Um, here's one that I thought was pretty done pretty well. This is Kate. I saw a dog around here. It must have been on the plane. Maybe it can lead you there. You're not coming? There's a marshal I'm trying to avoid. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean... Yeah, it sounded like Kate. Sounded really good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was definitely one of the the better, one of the best ones. Yeah, I think Jack and Kate were the top. What'd you think of Saeed? Uh, Saeed was okay. Kind of mediocre at best. Here's a Saeed clip. If you enter the hatch, you must take responsibility for the numbers. It's time to show you can be trusted. I think that was really good. Really? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's okay. Oh, what? That's tough. 
I think they did a good job on Saeed, Jack, and Kate. Desmond. <laughs> Desmond, you like Des. I, I think they did a really good job on Desmond. I think they did a good job on Tom, too. I th- no, they actually got MC Ganey. <laughs> oh, that's why it was so yes, good. Yes, it was like spot on. They also and got uh, Michael Emerson. Ben was pretty good. <laughs> and um, Juliet. Juliet. They got Juliet too. They did. Yes. Okay. And what about uh, Michael? I don't. I don't think so. Michael wasn't bad. Yeah. No, he wasn't too bad. Vincent was pretty good. Yeah, Vincent. I. <laughs> I. I mean, that I was incredible. I couldn't tell the difference. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, that's it for. Uh, feedback and uh that concludes it that's for the Lost end Via of the, uh, yeah man i'm uh, gonna miss this like i say i wish there's another game i i like this i think my view just went up <laughs> <laughs> after covering the game like oh i like it much better oh well a plus i think i'll play it again no oh, well right now uh yeah, in the next couple of weeks okay keep me busy so all right, all right. anything well, else excellent no that's that's it i don't have anything to add cool so thank you all for joining us here yeah. on the very special Via Domus podcast. And don't miss us next week. We will be back. We will be back next week in some shape or form. That's true. So uh, we'll catch you then here on Lost Unlocked. I'm not lost anymore. Welcome to the After Show. This week on the After Show, Chris and I are going to review The Dark Knight. So if you have yet to see it, tune out now, because this is going to be a spoiler-filled segment. Oh, we're reviewing The Dark Knight? Yes, we are. Okay. <laughs> What'd you think? Did you see it? I did see it. <laughs> oh! And I loved it! But I have a complaint, Chris. Oh, what? I have one major nagging complaint. I, I just... I know what your complaint is. I can't shake it. I know what it what, is. What do you think my complaint is? Your complaint is that Richard Alpert didn't remove his mascara in the movie. Wow. That's spot on. That's not quite what I was going for. Ah. Uh, but they did have uh, Nestor Campbell, who plays Richard Alpert. Mm-hmm. Kind of took me out of the movie, though. I'm going to be honest with you. It's like, wow, uh, Richard is the mayor of Gotham. <laughs> I like that. that. Sounds weird. But no, uh, my complaint about The Dark Knight, a major complaint, is it was so good that it forever ruined how I look at superhero movies. Like, all other superhero movies will be terrible in comparison. Really? Like, I'm sure Iron Man was good. I'm sure it can hold up. But what about those second rate, like the Fantastic Four? I don't think it ruins my taste for any superhero movies it just gives me a different appreciation for the types i, I think i think this has raised the standard because i can still look back at the um the cheesy original tv batman episodes i actually really like those yeah see it hasn't ruined my taste for those but that's like a different that's a different uh tone that's like campy well that's uh, cheesy what, fun that's what spider-man the movie gives you a different tone I think Spider-Man's done really well. The Hulk, eh, it yeah. I, hasn't really settled in with me enough. Yeah. But, I mean, this series here, the uh, Batman Begins and now The Dark Knight. See, I gotta tell you. Really I, good. I mean, after the uh, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, I, I really, really didn't like those. 
A bat just hit the window. Wow. <laughs> That's freaky. That is that is really wow. freaky. Um, but those were kind of, I thought they were awful. George Clooney didn't make a really good Batman. Yeah, the early Batmans, uh, you know, I liked Michael Keaton. Cause I've actually never seen those. Really? Yes. Well, I guess that was my first introduction to Batman movies, because he was the first to make the movies. Well, you know, Adam West had a Batman movie. Well, yeah, that's true, that was, but it, but that, it was, was the was same hilarious. as the TV show. That was that was incredible. <laughs> yeah. There was a scene like he was on a rope uh, rope ladder <laughs> hanging from a helicopter. Unforgettable, yeah. And and a shark jumps, <laughs> jumps out of the water and grabs his leg, and he's hanging there. He's like, Robin, pass me the shark repellent. <laughs> and like Robin goes to his belt, and he has like all these different sprays: shark repellent, <laughs> like uh, dolphin repellent, barracuda stuff like that. And he passes, he passes Batman the shark repellent, and Batman sprays the shark. It falls off his leg, and when it hits the water, it explodes. <laughs> they have everything in those utility belts, don't they? Yes, but no, that was that was incredible. The Dark Knight. What do you give it? Um, I give it, I give it a ninety-eight out of a hundred. Wow. No, no, scratch that. Ninety-eight out of ten. <laughs> out of ten. No, it I'll... was incredible. The the uh, story, the plot, the acting was superb. Top notch. Um, huh? Heath, Heath Ledger, the late Heath Ledger. Um, there, Good job. There's there a lot of uh, kind of hype and buzz around his performance, mm-hmm. and I really, I didn't know what to think about that. Like, is that going to raise my expectation? Is it going to seem like, oh well, he's the Joker? But uh, no, I mean, he really knocked it out of the park. I think he really kind of stole the movie and. Uh, a sense. I guess this is a, a weird way to look at it, but this could be some sort of a, a tribute to Heath, even though he's not here. Some people might have a problem watching it just because of what happened. But no, I, I think th- he did an excellent job. No, I think it's like a testament to like to his good acting, to, to his jo- how well he did because. He, I mean, he so he so was the Joker. I mean, I wasn't even thinking about like the tragedy, like how he you know passed away right after filming this. I mean, to me, sitting in that theater watching it, he was the Joker. I was completely, uh, I was completely wrapped up in the character and in the storyline. Did you know that Jack Nicholson called him? No. And told him that uh, he needed to be careful on how he got into this part because it could mess with him a little bit. No. Yeah, I think that's where the rumors went off from so did that did that actually happen or is that hearsay what is I, your source well my source is my brother who usually doesn't make stuff up so uh, he he is a big believer in the internet though yeah he heard it probably from somewhere so I can't really can't verify, verify that can't confirm. Right? so I won't say can't confirm that's just that's I heard hearsay. from someone else who heard but no from what from what I've read I read an article in Entertainment Weekly um, that said you know that there's like nothing to those internet reports that he right, really, that's what I hear. really level head. Uh, but, uh, wow. I mean, Christian fail. Good job. Yeah. What about the Batman voice? <laughs> you either die a hero or live long enough to become a villain. If we don't die together, we'll live alone. That's not the line, Chris. Oh, <laughs> oh if we don't die alone, we'll live together. Even- <laughs> no, that's not it either. Oh, c- Commissioner <coughs> Commissioner Gordon. Oh, sorry, that raspy voice was getting uh, sorry, me. Sorry, <laughs> needed a uh, throat lozenge. Uh, anyway, Commissioner Gordon, what is the uh, what's the dealio? That's how Batman should actually talk. Uh, me and my uh, two boys went and watched it. Thumbs up. 
good movie. It was long. It was. It was epically long. <laughs> it was the movie was epic in every sense of the word. It was, uh, but had me on the edge of the seat. The whole deal. I guess my only criticism is a a line that's I guess made up for this comic book universe is that if you don't die a hero, you'll become a villain. It's like yeah, you'll you'll. You, you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become a villain. Uh, I'm like, why do I have to agree with that? No. I mean, take Superman. He's a hero. Does that mean that eventually he'll be a villain? No. The, what about the uh, Superman dies storyline? He died a hero. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, it makes Come on, it's a logical statement. You will die a hero or you'll live long enough to see yourself become a villain. Well, there, that does it makes, sound weird. It makes weird. perfect sense. Yeah, if you put it that way. So... Batman does not want to die a hero? Yeah, I guess not. That's, he, wants to, he wants to live forever? Uh, to me, birth? it's kind of like he didn't want to be the hero because he's kind of showing a little humbleness. <laughs> no, I, th- <laughs> no I, I think... Humble the, man. <laughs> now, that's a superhero movie I'd like to see. <laughs> Humble man! I didn't save that kid. No, who's that guy? I wonder who took that cat out of the tree. <laughs> <laughs> certainly wasn't I. Oh, but, okay, you kind of give a different spin on that, so I can kind of see where you're coming from. But I initially heard it. I thought Batman saying that unless he dies as a hero, he's going to be a villain. Well, it was actually, it was actually originally said by Harvey Dent. Okay, yeah, that's true. The because DA. of the Two-Face, yeah. Yeah, that was great. Uh, I, see, I was, I was pretty uh, spoiler-free on this movie. I saw, like, a trailer. Like, a trailer. Um, I... I didn't know they were going to have Two-Face in it at all. And then when I saw Harvey Dent, I knew um, that Harvey Dent eventually does become Two-Face. I thought they were setting up like the Batman 3 villain. Ah, uh, so did I. But I was I was shocked to see them actually uh, have him become Two-Face and like complete that arc all in this movie. So the 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 title, The Dark Knight, we don't see Batman actually take on that role until the last scene. Yes. Where he says he's going to take the blame. For all the bad stuff, Gotham has to have someone to blame it on. He'll take the blame. And Commissioner Gordon goes up and, with a hatchet, breaks out the bat light. <sighs> yeah, I don't and know. See. that leads to the next movie, which I've not heard anything about. Don't know if they're planning on uh, one. I think I think Christian Bell signed for a third one. Okay. Yeah. But, uh... We could go on about this for another podcast. We actually could. This is going to be like the longest after show. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> but, um... I don't know. I'm really looking forward to the third one. Um, I have a few concerns. Uh, the first being, I'm not sure who the villain will be. I hope it's the Terminator. <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> no, that would be awesome. Batman and the Terminator. I'll be back. Who are you? I'm the Terminator. You What's know, wrong with your voice? <laughs> no, yeah, I'd just like to hear like a CD of them having like a phone conversation. <laughs> Rising, rising, rising. <laughs> and then Cesar Romero enters. <laughs> yeah, the, the uh, old Joker yeah. from the TV show. But, uh, it was, I mean, it was kind of heartbreaking at the end, though, the uh, Batman-Joker relationships. Like, we need each other. Uh, you know, I have too much fun uh, with you, and you can't actually kill me. And it's like we're destined to do this forever. So I think I think they planned on bringing him back for the third one. Yeah. So now I'm, I'm concerned. I don't About know if- role casting? Yeah, I don't know if they're going to rewrite it, like not include the Joker, or if they're going to try to recast the Joker. I think that would be a uh, 
Well, I mean, they have to. I understand. I mean, I feel bad for whoever would have to, you know, be the new Joker. They have to follow in someone else's footsteps, and that's always hard. But, you know, the directors, I don't know if it's the, the producer, director, or writer, but someone involved with the making of the movie made a statement that they would not, this is their statement, okay. N-O-T, would not include Robin yes. in any future <sighs> The crowd movies. goes wild. <sighs> I like Robin. I, you know, I, I would like Robin if they did the Robin character correctly. Well, they did Batman correctly. Two-Face. They, they did. Correctly. They did those very well. Joker. But I'm correctly. You know, there's, still a, there's still like a bad taste in my mouth from uh, Batman and Robin. It's like Batman's supposed to be like uh, you didn't like Batman's supposed to be like Robin's kind of like 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 a father figure, right? But that's how it is in the comic books. But Batman was like I don't know. I got it as their buddies, not really no, father figure. No, Robin's like Robin's like 28, and they have this relationship where. I mean, some of the lines, some of the dialogue in that movie, Batman drives off in the Batmobile and Robin has the bike. He's like, when am I getting a car? Uh, and they have the, kind of like that falling out. It's like, <laughs> you're, you're, you're not my dad, Batman. It's like, no, I'm like three years older than you, dude. I'm not your dad. <laughs> I don't know. I, saying that you're not putting Robin in is like saying you want to rewrite part of the Batman universe. It's like he also said he would not include the Penguin. Really? Did he say that? Yes. Did he say that? Yes. I read that. I read an interview with the director. He said the way they're tackling the universe is they want to make it gritty and real. Um, and the penguin would be really hard to do realistically. But I didn't mm. hear him say that he wouldn't do it. Oh, so you read that it would be hard to do realistically was his reasoning. For maybe me hearing, he would not include the yes. penguin. I heard quack, no. Quack, 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 Huh. Yes. Meredith Burgess. Oh, yeah. Penguin. Also, um, Mickey from Rocky, right? Yeah. That was him. Uh-huh. <laughs> Come on, Rock! <laughs> wow, that was the same person. I never really made that connection. Wow. Wow, that just... But I, you know, okay, the Penguin, I understand. There's a lot of stuff in the original Batman series and in the comic book that's just really out there. And it's hard to put in a real world. You have to have a lot of makeup unbelievable stuff, but fit it in so that it works. Yes. The Batman series out now, doing a good job. But I, I want to see the challenge of putting Robin in there. I, I like the Robin character. He adds a little lightheartedness, you know, real... To me, he adds yeah, realism. We don't need lightheartedness. You know, Robin was what? He was in a circus act? Yeah, and he saw his parents die. Yeah, just like Batman, you know? So, he's had to fight crime! Yeah, no, please don't bring back Robin. Okay, well, good movie. I think the Lost Unlocked team is recommending that it's a must-see. Yes, please. All right. See it twice. But first, it was, it was see so, Batman Begins? Of course. See, Batman Begins <laughs> was great because I appreciate the origin story. It really kind of laid the groundwork for this sequel, of course. But, um, I don't know, this just, like, is above and beyond that. It's so dark and... It's so it's wickedly funny at times. Like it's it's humorous, but you kind of feel bad for laughing. <laughs> yeah, the Joker is really. Like, I mean, just like the uh, the pencil thing where the Joker says, "I'll make this pencil disappear," and that guy walks over. And he yeah. like slams. Ugh. He like slams a pencil into some dude's brain, and like oh. the, the the theater like erupted with laughter. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's awful. I was like, oh wow. What what I got to thinking was, despite the gore of the moment. 
I found myself, you know, wincing, like, ooh, that hurt. Yeah. But also my mind was thinking, how did Joker know that was the punchline that he was going to pull off at that moment? You know, I'll make this pencil disappear. Well, he needed to count on someone walking up so that he could grab them and put their head in it. Maybe he had a backup plan. No, <laughs> he must. Yeah, the Joker but for being chaotic, plan. he has a lot of organized scheming going on. Yes. I. Uh, before we go, I know it's getting long. I just have a quick rant. Okay. Uh, How long is the rant? This is gonna, I'll make it short. Okay. This is going to be like a terrible, it's going to make me seem like an antisocial human being. <laughs> but, um, which, you know, maybe I am. Uh, but the theater was fairly full, not sold out. Oh, mine just had like ten people in it. Really? Well, you were up yeah. there in the uh, Boonsticks. Yeah, Boondocks. I, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I was gonna say the mountains. Oh, oh, it was a nice uh, oh. class A digital. You were, you were up at everything. You were, no, you're at hillbilly territory. They were. Uh, um, there was an old guy with a jug selling whiskey <laughs> out in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, you had the bluegrass band. Anyway, your theater was full. It was full. I was at the mall. I I'd like to avoid going to see movies at the mall, but that's a different story. Yeah, different crowd. But uh, halfway through the trailers at the beginning, this dude comes in with his two young kids, like young, like six, like one half, like a half a kid. <laughs> no, 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 like, half a year. <laughs> oh, no. But th- like six, six, and this I mean, thing's PG thirteen. It's, it's so dark too. I'm like six years old. I, like really? What was no, like was uh, Texas take... Chainsaw Massacre sold out? <laughs> I wouldn't take my kids to go unless they were thirteen. Really? Yeah. You, do you like you stick to the rule like well thirteen? That's and plus it's it's my discretion too. If thirteen doesn't mean they can handle it. Yeah, or maybe if he was... I read the reviews and all before I went and decided, okay, why is it rated? What's it rated for? Do my kids understand what's real, what's not? What do we need to talk about? And we went. So didn't take my my girl to see it. I I guess, like... I guess it's up to the parent. I'm not criticizing the dude, maybe. I mean, the dude knows his kids, but... Yeah, but still six. It's not like a bug's life. (laughs) Well, that's right. Gee. Yeah. The kid would be in that, like, oh, this is boring. But anyway, they they come sit right next to me. Did he laugh too when the Joker did his joke? He did. <laughs> he oh, erupted with laughter. <laughs> he's like, you know, he's like, you know, like, oh, wasn't that funny, Billy? Oh, you know what's bad that is what if he goes died. home and gets a pencil and he gets the dog? Yeah. Oh, Dad, no, look. No, that'd be terrible. It's, see, it's no, awful. No, let's hope not. Um, oh. But anyway, my complaint. They sit right next to me. They come in, and I mean, I'm sitting in this row with my brothers. I brought my brothers. Who were, you know, the youngest was 13, so I, I, you know, I followed the rules. Okay. But um, I, I look over, and, like, this dude's sitting in the middle with his two kids on the side. He sits his kid right next to me, and I'm oh. looking, and there are, like, five empty seats. Uh-oh. I mean, standard theater etiquette, <laughs> you know, states there should be a, a buffer between people that don't know each other, right? Yeah. If it were a sold-out show, I'd understand. I like that. Etiquette. But anyway, the kid sits next to me, and he's elbowing me. Oh, oh. that's so. awful. But I, I got the kick in the seat one time throughout really? the whole movie. That's awful. <laughs> well, what about the uh, guy, like the cell phone call in the middle? I was like, this call so important, I have to like interrupt the movie, which I paid 12 bucks to get in and see. But, oh. but yeah, no, I'm here at the movies. Yeah, what do you want? No, I'm not doing anything. Oh, really? They're, they're, how much? <laughs> Oh, you picked me up a couple of those. Anyway, they go on for a few minutes. I that actually happened? 
Yeah, you know, not quite like that, but somebody did have like a two-minute phone conversation in, a, in the theater with me one time. Oh, my. Yeah. I'd have to go buy a slushie and walk up to the dude. Hey, dude! <laughs> Do you hear this? Pour it on him. Oh. <laughs> and get kicked out. No, then I'd you, have a good story to tell. You wouldn't do that. No, I wouldn't. That's what I said. It's a good story. <laughs> All right. But, um... Wow. 20 minute after show seems long enough. So, uh, The Dark Knight, 50 thumbs up. Go see it. Right now. Good movie. Uh, if there will be a series, I guess I'll be there. Yeah. I'll, I'll go see the third one, day one. Robin or not. I'm going to see the X-Files movie tomorrow. Cool! It's been so long, I don't know if it'll be good. But it doesn't have Batman. But I want to believe it'll be good. 